Today's daughter of change, Fredricia Kunigan, is the founder and CEO of HR in Motion, LLC. With more than 25 years of private, for and nonprofit human resources experience, Freddie offers her clients a proprietary methodology and infrastructure in support of business growth and federal, state, and local law compliance. She offers customized executive coaching programs and the execution of succession planning strategies. However, Freddie is also a ball of fire with wisdom and passion baked in making her a true inspiration who is well worth listening to. Today's podcast is an off-the-cuff conversation with this trailblazing daughter of change. We discuss, among other things, getting back into the workforce or starting something new as a mature adult. As always, Freddie has some excellent advice and tips. Be prepared to be energized by this amazing Daughter of Change. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. My name is Marie Sola, and I'm a firm believer that women and girls play a major role in creating change for our future. This podcast tells the stories of the women and girls who are creating that change, each in their own unique way. Every day is an opportunity to blaze new trails and set positive change in motion. The possibilities are endless. Let's get started. All right, I am here today with a very special daughter of change, Fredricia, here on two, who will be called Freddie Kunigat. And Freddie is, well, she's a powerhouse. And, you know, as you heard in the intro, she's doing all kinds of cool things. But we are actually going to freestyle today. Uh, Freddie is one of those guests that we could just start a conversation and have it. She's very comfortable behind the microphone. So, you know, here it goes and we'll see what comes up, but it's going to be fun. So, Freddie, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with me. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. Oh, lady. Thank you so much. Thank you. I look forward to it. I always enjoy the conversations that we have and they just flow. Yeah, they do. That's what we're going to do today. That's right. Mm -hmm. We're freestyling and we're flowing. It's just something that, uh, but that's actually within itself. For me, this is pretty special because I really enjoy doing this with you. And we have... uh, a lot of things that we're going to talk about. I think some things will come up that perhaps we don't even know about at this moment. But yeah, so I just wanted to take a second. Um, We are going to start out by talking about women 50 plus getting back into the workforce, some of the challenges they face. Also, you know, what is overlooked? Maybe they're changing careers. Maybe they have never worked outside of the home. I'm not going to say you're not working when you're in the home because you Absolutely. sure are. Yes, um, but they're, you know, starting a business, going back into the workforce, whatever that may be, changing careers. But I wanted to talk a little bit before we start that about what you do within your company, HR in Motion, because you have a lot of things going on and you actually specialize in legacy. Yes. So can you just give us a little bit of background on that and then what you mean by legacy? Absolutely. Listen, thank you so much for this exchange. 
I absolutely love talking about legacy. Legacy does not mean gloom or doom. It means establishing the footprint, the foundation of a dream, a vision, and building it out so that it never dies. And it never dies. And it's various ways that that takes place, preferably the next generation. But there are employees that have now tapped into visions of founders and have kept those visions alive. And so the objective about legacy is that it never dies, that everyone who touches the vision of that organization literally embraces it. And from that place of embracing, creativity is born. And the when and the way and when creativity is born, so many different conversations take place, which is why diversity is so important in the workplace. Because we all see life from different perspectives. And all you have to do is hear a statement and you can say one or two things. Tell me more. Or why do you say that? And therein lies new and exciting exchange. So we teach legacy. We demonstrate legacy. Specifically in the workplace, you want employees to really come in and really embrace your legacy, your vision, your mission. Why do you exist? What is your why? Why did you establish your company? It, it cannot be just money because that's going to get old mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. <laughs> it can't. It's got to be substantive so that you are making impact in the lives of others. That's what we do. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I love that what you said about it's why diversity is so important. You're bringing so many people together at the table with different lenses, right? People that have had different experiences, different backgrounds. And that diversity is as much about age as it is about culture, as it is about all of these different things, right? And and I know um, you are uh, someone who started your business uh, a little bit, I, I don't want to say later in life, at, at, at a more mature point, right? Yes, so you yes. understand this. I mean, you've worked in and around HR for sure, but you start, when did you actually start your company? Well, if you don't mind talking about your age. No, I don't, okay. not at all. I actually started my company at 45. Right. And today I'm 62. And so I tap into that space where the women of our mother's era, mm-hmm. Marie, when they reached the age of 50 and 60. Life told them that they were old. Yeah. They really weren't, but life suggested that they were. Well, today, our generation has embraced new, has embraced creativity, coming to our own, still growing and expanding and learning. One of my dearest friends told me last Friday that she just enrolled to go back to school to finish her bachelor's and to obtain her master's. And she turned 60 this year. So listen, yeah, no one can stop us really, Marie, but our own thought life. Yeah. Yeah. Our thought life. Uh. What is it that you want to do that you have convinced yourself that you can't because of your age. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And and I think I the first time I ever spoke with you and we were talking about this, I uh, 
you're a breath of fresh air. You really are. And I've always felt the same way, but it, you hear so many people that will say, oh, you know, leave it for the young people, or I'm not trying to be this, or I'm not trying to be that. And it's, to me, it's not about any of that. It's just about where are you at and what limitations mm-hmm. are you going to set for yourself? That's right? it. That's it. Yes. That's it, Marie. That word, limitations. Yeah. You know who I talk about a lot? This is not a political perspective. Right. This is what we're talking about, a, a woman's perspective. Yes. Nancy Pelosi. Yep. Yep. Nancy Pelosi is 80 plus years old. Nancy Pelosi wears heels on those marble floors. Yeah. <laughs> every day. When she yeah. walked up that staircase getting on that plane, she didn't have a cane. She didn't have a walker. Nothing wrong with having a cane nor a walker. I'm talking about the mindset. Right. This 80 plus year old woman represented the United States of America from her seat of power and not from her seat of 80 plus years old. That's right. That's right. It's true. And there's, you know, it's. It's amazing how, you know, I hit 60 this year. Yay. A, a big birthday just a, a couple Yay. of weeks ago. And it's amazing the stories that we can tell ourselves if we want to. Yes. But those stories can go uh, in a lot of different directions, right? Absolutely. So we can tell ourselves the story of, okay, time to like, you know, sit back in the recliner. And hey, if you want to do that, all the power to you, right? Yeah. That's cool too. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just starting out. Exactly. Like I feel like I've, I've said to myself, what am I going to do this decade? What's my adventure going to be, you know? And, but one of the things I have noticed, just just not from a standpoint of negativity, but from a standpoint of being realistic for people. Okay. So Mm -hmm. some people want to start their own businesses and maybe it's a little bit different in that perspective, right? Like you have a lot of years of experience behind you, whatever you're starting a business. So you're doing your own thing. There may be some other complications with ageism, but when you are applying for jobs, so say you're you're 50 plus, let's just mm-hmm. even say 50 plus, let's say even say you're 60 yes. and okay. you have a mindset like us and we're still young and vibrant. Most people, nobody meeting us is going to say we're old. I really don't think that. Um, right. But you're now leading with a resume. You know, you're not leading with uh, the fact that, you know, somebody could see you and see your energy or feel your energy or understand that you understand about technology or any of this. You know, I know that I probably 10 years ago shaved probably 15 years off my resume so people wouldn't know how old I was, right? Figuring, you know, you meet me, it's going to be cool. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that women um, and people face at that age mark when they are re-entering the job market or trying to change jobs. And then on the, you know, once we're done with that, we'll talk about overcoming them. But what do you see in your line of work as, you know, working in HR? That's a powerful, powerful question, Marie. I'm going to give you the the answer to resolve it. And I'm going to answer your question. You need a coach you need to invest in yourself to prepare for the new market. Oh, yeah. Because the market is new. She's different. She is as different as March 2020 mm-hmm. from then to today as she was at the beginning of this century. We're in the 21st century. Remember, we were all wondering what it was going to look like when 2000 hit. We wasn't sure if anything was going to work. Mm-hmm. Everything has changed today. 
So you need a coach. Let's talk about your question. Absolutely shaving off years of experience. You need to just take that with you into the workplace. You do not want to submit (laughs) a three, four, five, six page resume. It's not impressive anymore. It's not impressive to say I have 25 years because the person on the other side of that table Mm -hmm. is thinking dollars and cents. So you want to come to the table with a polished resume that a coach has set with you and made recommendations, help you to see your value without putting it all on paper, teaching you how to go into the interview and just nail it. It is one of the best times to present yourselves. You need to know how to dress. Suits, absolutely. You can still wear a suit. You can still wear a blazer. But there is a lot of change today. Even salt and pepper. There's a different way that you can present your salt and pepper so that it is def- it's still relevant. Right. It is how you do it. There is life after 50 in the workplace. Can you still get the salary you want? Possibly. We have to look at the resume. Look at your education. Certifications are just as important today as a degree. It depends on your expertise and the area of interest. So if you have certifications in that specific area, you still could make yourself very marketable in the workplace. Flexibility is very important. Please do not go into the workplace to an interview and start talking about what you won't do or what you can't do. You want to hear what's required of the position that you're interested in. And then take that back to your coach and inquire of the coach, how do I reimagine myself and reposition to present myself in a favorable way? It's possible. You know, that's great advice, Freddie, that, you know, and talking about, you know, how times have changed also just... So many people are looking at resumes digitally and there's key words and there's phrases and there's things that are looked at prior to the resume even landing on the desk of a human, right? There are certain key words that are, you know, they they rate them and they would know which resumes to look at. And it would also seem to me that cover letters are important where your resume is talking about this. I, I don't know if I'm right here. This is me surmising where your resume gives sort of the nuts and bolts of your experience. The cover letter gives you opportunity to talk a little bit about who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what you just said is so important because in today's market, bringing your whole self to the table is relevant. What do I mean Mm -hmm. by that? I mean, when you talk about your ability to connect with people, your ability to connect the dots, When you talk about your ability to hear what leadership is saying and take the summary and actually atomize it so that you can create the full scope, the full picture, that you have the capacity and you have the know-how, how to identify the strengths that are needed or necessary for creating a task force. You want to talk about, you mentioned women who have raised their families, And they are now ready to go back Mm -hmm. to the marketplace. Women have unfortunately been duped to believe that because they don't have titles and they've worked 
from home or they have raised their family that they don't have any skills to bring to the table. Huh. Exactly. That's so far from the yeah. truth. Talk about project management, right? Girl, oh. what you say. Yes. Yeah. Project management, flexibility, last minute changes, yeah. modifications, creativity. Yeah. Working under pressure. Working under pressure. <laughs> functioning. I should say functioning under pressure, actually. You are the executive transformational officer of your home because you're not only transferring the lives or transforming lives, but you are taking every conversation and reinforcing that conversation in the lives of your children, if you're married, in the lives of your spouse, if you're not married, in the lives of those that you are encouraging, you are promoting in their thought life. Women do all of that. I'm not minimizing it, men, that you don't. But we're talking about women being able to come from their home, get that resume revised, and sit in front of a person who is going to make a decision that will incorporate them into that organization and nail it. Yeah. Confidently nail it. Absolutely. And it is possible. It's possible. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like you're running everything. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I was thinking a little bit this morning before, you know, leading up to us having this conversation today and something that that hit me as well as that pretty much every job I've ever gotten has been based on networking, not blind hiring, right? And so if that's not always the easiest thing in the world to do, depend, you know, if you want to work for a company, say, that isn't located or headquartered in your state or your city, but with video now and Zoom and, you know, all of these ways to meet people, you could still network with people via the internet in ways that you couldn't. Um, how important for the mature job seeker, the mature woman, is trying to have some of these face-to-face networking conversations. Like, I'd just like to talk to you, maybe you reach out on LinkedIn to, you know, meet you. And and then at the end, you say, hey, you know, if you know of anything that I'm a fit for, can you let me know? Or, or along those lines, how important is something like that? That is a great, great question. First, I've got lots of answers. Let me tell you a resource. <laughs> That's why I'm talking yes, to you. Yes, your local community college. There are classes There are technological classes, computer classes that seniors and seniors may be 50 and up. It may be 55 and up. You need to check out your local community college and identify what's available to you to bring your skills to a place of relevance. The whole idea of being prepared for what's new today is reimagining, being willing to reimagine to rethink, to re-engage, re-means again, so that you are not, uh, what's the word? What's the word? You don't want to be taken off guard. Mm -hmm. Women don't like not being prepared. That's right. Particularly when a lot is riding on it. Many women, particularly older women, whether you're married or not, you don't just think about yourself when you're making such decisions. 
And so we love being prepared. You want to identify your grandchildren who will take the computer and give you an in-service. You want your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews to have a Zoom session with you so that they can tell you how you look. They can tell you what your makeup looks like. They can tell you if, in fact, you should change the color, if you should have on a solid color. All of those aspects of change are important today as you talk about technology, Marie. Yeah. Because you don't see yourself if you don't prepare. So if you prepare, you get to see yourself and then you hear how others who you trust will tell you how you look. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much has changed. And then on the flip side, for those of us that are really comfortable with technology, you know, like we've kept up with it. I mean, you could say on a resume that you're technically proficient, but I think there's sort of this piece if, I mean, face it at a certain point, like you can only shave so much off your resume. I mean, they're going to, they're going to realize that you're not 20 or 30, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So what do you feel are some of the biggest um, factors or misconceptions that 50 plus women particularly face with hiring managers or with even getting the interview? And is there a way to combat that? Or is it simply doing more of the the face-to-face networking and less of the sending out blind resumes or a combination? Though it's definitely the latter. You want to do less of what you once did and you want to do more of what's now required. Okay. So first of all, you can't really walk into a place and, and ask for an application. Right. That's number one. Everything has to be done online. You have to complete the application online. Mm-hmm. Today, they're asking questions online that you used to decide that you didn't want to answer. If you are completing an application online, you can't advance to the next page until you complete all the answers on the first page. Right. You have to. <laughs> it's true. Sneaky. Yes. Tricky little devils. Yes. yes. And so to your question, Marie. It is a very important question in terms of the practice piece Mm -hmm. because you have to become comfortable with technology. Yeah, 100%. And it's okay if you don't know. Mm -hmm. You have time to prepare. So, for instance, you want to be sure that you have a clear summary of the vision, the mission, and the core value of the organization that you're interested in. You want to be sure that you have read the job description of the position that you're interested in. Why? Because you want to make sure that you meet the minimum, the basic requirement of the position that you have experience and that you have the skills and that you have the education that's required. Why is that important? Mm -hmm. Because you want to do everything that you can do to make sure you don't disqualify yourself for being considered. Don't come to the table with, excuses and don't come to the table with how long it's been. You don't want to talk like that. You want to make sure that what your coach, the one that you're going to get, you want to make sure that everything that that coach presents to you, because that coach is going to help you to think differently, not tell you what to do. They're going to give you recommendations. The generation that we're talking about may be more comfortable if someone tells them what to do. What the coach should do 
would give you guidance to assist you mm-hmm. to bring out of you what's in you so that you can speak comfortably and with your own flow. Right. Right. That's very important. Because really, Marie, we're not going to, we women aren't really going to pursue a job in general that we don't believe we can do in the first place. Right, exactly. Men are much better at that. They're they're really much better. They're much better at saying, even if they don't have the experience, they get up there and they talk like they do. Like it's absolutely yeah, it's, it's it's why either we don't ask for money sometimes when we should either. Yeah. I'm hoping younger and they do. women are better at that than than our generation. I think maybe they are, but I gotta yeah. tell you, like it it's there's something where we don't, yeah, you're absolutely right. We we tend to undersell or undervalue our experience as opposed to being like, oh yeah, blockchain technology, yeah, I know all about that when we don't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly, exactly. exactly. Right. But we can't be afraid. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. be, that's what it is, it's fear. Fear causes us to believe exactly. if we don't nail this one, we won't get another one. Well, that's we right. got this one, we got this interview. right. Because technically, you should be interviewing Mm -hmm. the person who's interviewing you. You should decide if this is the job that you really want. You have to interview to make sure what you read on paper seems to be possibly true. Exactly. Or not. That's a great point. I want you to just say that one more time, just in case somebody was looking looking the other way or, or looking at something else when you said it. In that process, you, ladies... You should be interviewing the person who is interviewing you. What should you be looking for? Listening for his or her management style. Because if even if that's not the person that you may report to, if that management style is a part of the culture, then that person may not be the only person with that management style. And you want to make sure that that management style is something that you would be proud to be a part of on a day-to-day basis. So you should be interviewing that person. You should have questions that centered around the core values, centered around, give me an example. That's a question. Give me an example, your personal example of the last time that you implemented the core value of your organization. You should be interviewing that person about their vision. Tell me about a time that the vision of your organization worked for an employee of the organization. What did the organization do on behalf of that employee? And listen, you should be interviewing that person to know that the position that you're interested in, you want to know the type of manager that will be engaged with you on a daily basis. Uh. Yeah. And then listen. That's so, so important. And I think that that's something that most people wouldn't think about, you know, particularly if if they've been out of the workforce for a while and now they're, you know, yeah. they have an interview. That's a little intimidating. And people face it. People get nervous before a big interview of a job that they feel that they really want. Right. And so but it is just as important because at the end of the day, like we spend a third of our lives yeah. working, you damn well better enjoy what you're doing. Like I, yeah, I am so done personally. I don't care if on paper it's the best title in the world, if it's like a ton of money, if it's not going to fit 
with my values and the way that I want to move through the world, I'm not going to do it, you know, yeah. and it's important to Absolutely. figure that out. Now, um, what about Freddie with things like, okay, so maybe you're in the workforce and you have all of the skills that are needed, but, but it's hard to get past the gatekeeper because of ageism. Are you still seeing that? Is that still a yeah. real thing? Is that something that's a myth now? Or oh, ma'am, it's still a real thing. It is a real thing. It is. It's still a real thing. It's our mindsets, Marie. Just like, listen, this is how I see it. When you're in your 20s, when you were in your 20s, so I'm talking to the 50-plus-year-old, when you were in your 20s, you weren't really respected because you were young. Well, now you're 50-plus, and there's that possibility of not being respected because you're older. Mm-hmm. So this is what you do. And I'm sure you're already doing it. It's something about turning 50. <laughs> you become so oh, yeah, so confident in who you are. Mm-hmm. You have to know that that confidence is transferable. It is transferable. So you have to sit with such confidence to present yourself in a way that really, if the person doesn't choose to engage you for the position, then they've lost you. You haven't lost them. Right. It would seem that the biggest hurdle would be getting the interview in the first place versus, I I mean, then once you're there, you have like, it's the next level of all of these things you talked about. How are you presenting yourself? What are you acting like? You know, and, you know, I know personally from being in the workforce in the 80s, where the way you presented yourself as a woman at that time in order to gain respect was very different than I think what you would do in this day and age. It was, yeah. And so there's, you know, and as you said, even like, how are you dressed? You know, how are you? Yes. What are you portraying? But it's, it. so you're seeing that it is a real thing. And What would you like to say to hiring managers about what they might be missing out on with uh, a more mature perspective? And what do you think some of the biggest things they actually worry about? Is it that they'll have to pay too much? Is it that they think people aren't relevant? Is it, um, you know, is it that they're afraid that they'll be uh, overqualified for the job? Like, what are the things that you're finding? And then what would you like to say to those hiring managers? Because some of them might be listening. So listen up if you are a hiring manager. Hello. Oh, I hope you are listening. Hey, listen, just like we're sharing with our audience of potential hires, that it's a different world. It is the same for hiring managers. You want to look at the total scope of your organization. What is it that your organization needs, not just the position that you're currently filling? What does your organization need? You should be looking at it from a a succession planning perspective. This, When we're looking at resumes, we should be looking at resumes based on the totality of the vision of the organization and not just the position at hand. You should be looking at the expansion of your division, of your department, of the organization. How do you perceive the position that you're recruiting for, where do you perceive that to be nine months out? Because we all know that we are not hiring for every single essential function today. We are collapsing job descriptions and we're looking at essential functions in a very global perspective. So in doing so, you want to think about 
individuals that are coming to the table with experience that is eclectic and they are proficient in it. When I said chief transformational officer, I meant that because you want to look at who is being transferred and the how. Marie, there's this um, terminology I learned years ago um, as a psych major. It's referred to as reverent power. Reverent power is huge in the workplace, but it is not a it's not a terminology that is commonly known. So you can be an administrative assistant, but everyone has your name in their mouth. You want to know why? Because you solve problems. So that person is awarded reverent power within that department because everyone knows that when you need a person to solve a problem, uh, you need that person to connect the dots. They are calm when we are stressed out. Go see Kim. Go see John. Go see Mary. But Mary and John and Kim's title doesn't suggest that they have that type of power. But because they're consistent and they are globally consistent, not necessarily what's on their job description, they're just tapped into the vision of the company. And they have value. Right. That's what you want. That's what you're looking for, manager, director, chief, everything, officer. You're looking for the people we're going to tap into your vision and grow with it. That's beautifully said. And really on that same vein, you've talked to me before about the beauty of having older and younger folks within the company and what they provide for each other, as well as what they provide for the company. And that, if I'm correct, is part of what you talk about within your legacy planning is that would you talk a little bit more about the importance of having absolutely diversity in age oh my gosh the best way it was described to me a conversation i was having with a very brilliant man he said to me that wisdom and talent must come together the wisdom are the older employees not necessarily chronologically but the ones who have wisdom, what is wisdom? Wisdom is knowledge guided by understanding. Wisdom is knowledge guided by understanding. If you have ever had the opportunity to have a grandparent, a great aunt, a great uncle, they would give you so many nuggets, but you didn't know they were nuggets until you were older. Yeah. <laughs> When, you, Bingo. when you're a child, <laughs> you're thinking, what are you saying? But they're telling you so much. My mother used to say, serve that one with a long handle spoon. It's like, what is a long handle spoon? And she eventually told me that person doesn't have your best interest at heart. Yeah. So it is the wise information that the older professional will give you and the talent that the younger professional does comes to the table, tells you how to use this phone right. in a contrillion ways. And bringing that mix together is an explosive success. That's a part of the legacy. You know, the family reunions and the old stories that you sit around and you hear and you listen 
actually what you are also should be listening for are the traits that you have that your predecessors had that you have access to from those conversations. Yeah. Everything that is necessary in the workplace isn't documented. Everything that is necessary isn't documented. So these types of conversations are poignant, are poignant to being effectively successful where someone comes to you and just gives you information about the culture and you take that information and you match it with your knowledge. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Your success. You are a success, a present success for that organization. Yeah, it, it's true. It's really, um, it's so important to have that mix within any yes. type of an organization, any type of a company. You know, you want to bring in all of the thought presses. So it's, what are the biggest tips that you would give to a mature woman who is right now maybe listening and saying, you know, I think I want to try this new thing, this new job, this, whether they've already got the, maybe they already have all the relevant experience, maybe they don't, but they're still would be a good fit. What are like the top two or three tips? Oh, that's a great question. One, be mindful of your thought life about yourself. Two, Engage with women, find the women in your community, in your circle, who will encourage you. Men too, but we're talking about women, who will encourage you. And three, connect with the person based on your learning style that will help you expedite this process. If you learn more through auditory, find that person who will listen to you and give you what you need in bite sizes so that you can execute it. If you're visual, connect with the people who will give you what you need so you can read it, absorb it, and you'll be ready. If you're the person that need all of that, find the people who would help you to put it all together so that you will be ready. That's great advice. And I would hazard to say that that would be the same tips that would go for if you're starting your own business. Absolutely. Because, you know, we've talked about the job search, but all of these things, when you're starting a business, you still need to talk to maybe people that are going to loan you money. Maybe you're talking to venture capitalists. Maybe you're talking to banks. Maybe you're talking, you know, to... um, Small business administration. Yeah, small business, whatever that is you would still want to do those things and you would still also, there could be some potential that you'd be feeling like, Oh, like I'm, why didn't I start this 30 years ago? Right. But, Oh my goodness. Yeah. But listen, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, guess what? Yeah. You're younger today than you'll ever be again. So there you go. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And so Freddie, this has been great, but I want to give you a chance. Is there anything, and I have obviously a couple of two questions I ask everybody at the end of the podcast, but before we go there, is there anything that you would like to make sure that we bring up today? Yeah. What I would like to make sure that we bring up today, Marie, is to celebrate. I am celebrating the fact that we are talking to women who are in their place of reimagining. They're not ready to go home and watch TV or they're not ready to just sit. Now, if traveling is what you do, do it. 
And you have actually the wherewithal to pull out of your, your favorite, whatever that might be, and cultivate a culture of people, women that you bring into your space. I have a friend, Marie. She's in her late 60s, early 70s, and she has created a culture of women, younger women, older women. We all come together and we share our tips of decorating, design, how to engage with each other, how to encourage each other. It's amazing. So what we don't want to do is shrivel up and think that we don't have value. We still have value. We still have value. What is your value? How do you, who values you? What do you hear the most? What do people thank you for the most? And learn how to say you're welcome. When someone thanks you for something, say you're welcome. Don't minimize it. That is the beginning of shifting how you think about yourself. Embrace the accolades that you've earned because you've given so much of yourself. Marie has set up this opportunity so that we could pour into you to understand that you are still necessary and valuable to your culture and your community. Yeah, bingo. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm getting like a little tear in my eyes. I hear that because it's so true. It's so true. And I, and I love, you know, what you've said throughout the podcast about, you know, living your thoughts. What are your thoughts? How are you, what are you creating with the story you're telling yourself? And I'm paraphrasing what you said, but I really, I'm such a strong proponent of that, which is why I wanted to do this podcast today, because I talked to so many women and, and, you know, what we're talking about today, this pertains if you're younger as well. These are just barriers. I think that we face a little bit more at the 50 plus age, but you could be younger and still feel not as secure about a position or, or be facing other challenges when you're looking for a job. Maybe you feel you don't have enough experience, right? So this all pertains. Um, And the other thing I just want to also bring up, this is also pertains if you're starting a nonprofit project or there's something that you're doing that you, you see a change you want to make in the world and you have an idea for how you're going to do that. All this plays in all of this same, the same idea. So I'm going to ask you two questions, Freddie, before we close out that I ask every daughter of change. And the first one is, and you've given some great advice already, but what is your favorite piece of wisdom that you would like to offer out to the other daughters of change out there? Oh, that's a great question. My favorite. Okay, this is my favorite. You would not be in the earth if you were not absolutely necessary at this time and this moment in time. You wouldn't be here if you weren't necessary. So because you are here, that means you are necessary. So you have to become motivated to believe what I just said, to do something about it. Get up. And if you're up, don't sit down. Don't give in. Keep moving until you have accomplished inviting people into your sandbox or taking what's in your sandbox to others. Wow. I love that. Okay. So now I have to ask you this one because I'd like to leave people with how they can connect with the Daughters of Change that I've talked to on this podcast. So Freddie, 
would you mind, uh, and, and also let me just preface this by saying there will be links to this in the show notes. So if you're driving, don't take your hands off the wheels to write this down. No. Just hear this auditorily and we'll have it. It's right down there when you stop. Um, I'll have the links. But what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And what would be the types of things that would make sense for people to be getting in touch with you about with the Daughters of Change out there? Great question. So we provide coaching services. We provide executive coaching services and to men and women. However, I love providing coaching services and watching transformations occur with women. So you can reach out to us. My email address is F as in Frederica Cunningham, C-U-N-E-G-I-N as in Nancy at HR in Motion llc.com. Our contact number is 240-838-7142, extension 22. I am so excited to hear from you. And I will make sure, again, that there's a link to the website, that Freddie's info is there. I'll put Freddie's uh, LinkedIn. Everything you need is right there at your fingertips. And I got to tell you, Freddie has got it going on. I'm telling you. Yeah. For sure. Well, any last thoughts before we head off into the rest of our day, Freddie? Oh, Marie, thank you so much. This was a wonderful subject. I so enjoyed it. I hope that we have impacted the woman who needed this today, that she hears it and she has access to it, hearing it again until she has it. So congratulations to you all for the changes that you have made and you'll continue to make. 